You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Have a good day. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 21 A garbage can rattled and rolled down the dark of the alley. From somewhere high above, a light was turned on in response to the racket, but no voice was raised. Larry Beckett smiled as he stepped gingerly through the darkness, weaving erratically as he did so. He carried on in this manner for another dozen yards, during which he suffered another three collisions with small, inanimate objects. Beckett came to rest with one hand against a brick wall. His head was spinning, and he was sweating more profusely than the cool, damp evening would seem to dictate, but he smiled for all that. Nothing was going to spoil his fun. Things hadn't been this easy for Larry Beckett in a long time. He was a small-time grifter and occasional underworld operative when the mood struck him, which wasn't very often. Like so many others, Beckett had got into crime because it seemed simpler and easier than working for a living. And if there was one thing Larry Beckett despised, it was anything that smacked of work. These days, though, the field was crowded, and there were just as many dishonest as honest men left without a chance to ply their trades. Small-time hoods were in every dive, hanging around, hoping to catch on with one of the city's remaining gangs. There had been a time when a man like Beckett could attach himself to an outfit and hang on for the ride. These days, even the hangers-on needed ambition, and ambition had always been the one thing Larry Beckett was most singularly lacking. But today had been a good day, and he had cash in his pockets and a belly full of liquor to prove it. So what if he'd had to sell out that chump Grant to get it? If he was any judge of horse flesh, Miles Grant would have turned the same favor for him given half the chance, or so Beckett told himself as he lurched forward deeper into the alley. He jumped for a moment as something scurried across his path. His heart was still pounding a moment later as he chuckled to himself. If he was going to jump at rats, he really shouldn't have cut through this alley. But he knew he wouldn't be able to stay on his feet much longer, and he just wanted to get home. It had been a long time since Beckett had had enough money in his pockets to drink his fill, and he was clearly out of practice. He staggered forward and cursed under his breath. This was taking too long. He tried to force his feet to move faster, but ended up tripping over his own heels and sprawling forward into the darkness. He cursed again and felt the stinging of the gravel cutting into his hands and chin. He pulled himself to his hands and knees and suddenly froze as a paralyzing chill ran up his spine. He heard nothing. He saw nothing, but somehow, through his drunken stupor, Larry Beckett felt a presence behind him in the darkness. Still on all fours, he whipped around, falling backward as he did so. The sight that met his eyes so far exceeded his worst fears that Larry Beckett could only sputter and gasp. Looming above him was a tall, solid mass of man in a long coat, his silhouette just silvered by the light from far above. It was him. It could only be him. Beckett felt the warmth of the liquor wash away as he gaped up, his eyes adjusting to make out the line of the domino mask that hid the man's face and the barest of illumination that came from the mask's horrible blank eyes. You! was all he had time to gasp before his jaw was met with a crushing blow from a red, gauntleted right hand. Beckett sprawled backward, his ears ringing, scrambling to find his feet to get away. 
It didn't make sense. Why would he? Beckett's thoughts were cut short as a booted foot thrust upward into his midsection, lifting him off his hands and knees and sending him gasping into the gutters again. The gloved hands lifted Beckett up effortlessly and threw him against the wall. His head cracked back against the brick, jarring his teeth together. Beckett could taste the blood in his mouth and the bitter sting of the adrenaline flowing through him. Again the fist roared back and knocked the wind out of Beckett with a driving shot to the stomach. Stop! Beckett sobbed. The crimson gloves seized him by the shoulders and threw him back against the wall three times. Beckett was in a panic. Stop! Please! He cried. I'll tell you anything you want to know. I know you will, the red panda growled, barely above a whisper. Larry Beckett felt his knees turn to water. The things this mystery man had already done to him were nothing compared to what that voice promised he would do if provoked. Beckett sputtered a little and waved protectively toward the red panda's clenched fist. You don't need to do that, he begged. Oh, but I do, the hero said with a hard smile. It's sobered you up a little, hasn't it? And made you want to talk, hasn't it? Larry Beckett could only nod. Good, the big man said. That will make this a little easier. Make what easier? Beckett asked, trembling. This, the red panda said in a soft voice that seemed to echo in Beckett's ears like a far-off peal of thunder. Beckett felt his thoughts clouding, felt his fears slipping away almost into nothingness. My mind is in yours, he heard, and then nothing more. Four minutes later, Larry Beckett rose to his feet and began to march like an automaton toward his apartment. In that moment, with the softest of sounds, an athletic shape in gray fell from the sky and landed beside the red panda. "'You're letting him go?' she said, not trying to conceal her disappointment. "'No choice,' he said gravely. "'Whoever took Gregor may be watching Beckett. "'Who were his playmates?' "'Jinx Morton and that real ugly kid with the toothpick.' "'Kennedy?' he asked. "'That's the one,' she nodded. "'I don't think this brain trust is in on anything. "'They were pretty plastered.' "'I'm not surprised,' the red panda grinned. "'Someone paid Beckett $5,000 to sell out the man he knows as Miles Grant. "'They ran through almost 300 of that tonight.' "'And you know that so precisely because?' "'He flipped her a roll of bills that amounted to just over $4,700. "'Even in the darkness she caught it effortlessly.' A little something for the poor box, he said. I didn't leave Beckett for the rats, but I wasn't going to leave him that either. In any case, he won't remember a thing. You're a big softy, she scolded. Did we learn what happened to Gregor Sampson? He raised an eyebrow. In fact, we did. Come on.